Capturing the world. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is David Carmichael II, and I am back with another episode of the Caption the World podcast. We have another great special guest for you. His name is John Papaloni. Um, he is a serial entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of Papaloni Capital, Papaloni Media. He, he is an active real estate license and mortgage license, and co- that complements his work um, at Papaloni Capital, and he is an award-winning realtor for the last four years. Mr. Papaloni, how you doing today? Absolutely fantastic. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent, excellent. So, um, yeah, man, like when I read your bio, uh, I was very impressed, man. Um, you have a a lot of things on your resume, and um, I, I'm very excited for you to talk about today, man. So, um, before we get into it, let's just give a um, give the audience like a background of your um, how you grew up and kind of like the things that led you to do what you're doing now. Absolutely, actually, I grew up. You know, well, I grew up with the same kind of message everybody gets, you know, go to school, get a good education, get a good job, retire, white picket fence, yada, 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 yada. But clearly I wasn't going to have any of that. And um, <laughs> so I I kind of grew up with that whole entrepreneurship thing, you know, within me. I always kind of uh, did things my way. I wanted to be a radio host. That was my original dream, my original goal. And I kind of worked the way around it rather than doing it through the school. I decided I was going to DJ. I was going to get into the clubs where the uh, radio stations were. And that's how I kind of got onto radio. And I did that for a while. It worked out. And I was excited about that. I actually got my very first job was at McDonald's. And that's how I funded the uh, ability to buy the records. Because I'm back in the day when records were the thing. And I was able to use records to DJ. And I used my McDonald's salary to buy the uh, records. And then I got into the DJing thing. And the DJing money is what I saved. so with that being said, from there, I progressed into a marketing business. It built into an eight-figure business, and then I sold that in 2007. And after I sold it, I started off with an online radio. I decided I was going to do what the FM radio did, but I was going to do it online. And it kind of worked, and it was doing well. It was growing, but my parents got sick. When parents got sick, and to be clear, I'm not blaming them. Um, but when my parents got sick, I decided that my mom went into a home. She had Alzheimer's and, uh, I mean, it was a slow progression. I'm just speeding up the stories instead of taking two hours to tell it, (laughs) but, uh, she ended up going to a home and my dad got sick right after. So that's when I ended up getting, uh, you know, closing down the business. I tried to run it while, uh, without me. And I tried to pay people to do it. Um, but after so much, uh, what ended up happening was that, uh, I, um, was losing money. I went from a profitable business to a $30,000 loss. And since I didn't know how long I was going to be out, I decided to just uh, terminate the company. And anyways, two years went by. My dad ended up going to the home to join my mom. And at that point in time, I had to decide, what am I going to do with myself? And since my parents were landlords, I've been around real estate for most of my life. I thought I'm going to open houses and I must drive realtors nuts because they think I'm a client and I'm just looking because I'm curious. So I thought, let's find a way to make money. So I got my agent's license and that was my idea. So let's become a realtor since I'm already going to open houses. And I got a, became a realtor. I've been a realtor for eight years. I uh, then had the idea of opening up my capital business. And I had so many conversations with so many lawyers, so many accountants, and so many mortgage brokers. 
and all gave me different answers. They were all wrong. And what ended up happening is one guy gave me the idea saying, get your mortgage license. It's easier to get your securities license. All right, I'll get my mortgage license. I didn't want my mortgage license, but if that's going to make things easier and that's going to open up the path, who am I to argue? So I got my mortgage license and found out it made no difference. So uh, I still got stuck. This has been two years I've been trying to open this thing, two years of going in circles. Mm-hmm. One day I got on, I had a, an accountant on my podcast. There was somebody I knew and I had him on my podcast and he was talking about stuff and he was talking about different investment opportunities and how to set up corporate structures. And he got into the nitty gritty and then he described exactly what I wanted to do with my capital business. And once he described that, then I go, oh, that's exactly what I wanted. So I went to talk to him figured it out. The good news, he says, my mortgage license will still help me. I didn't need it, but it will take away one of the layers of pain. So I'm happy about that. And I'm, you know, helping people with mortgages. So I'm happy having a mortgage license now, but my intent wasn't to get it. Now that I have it, happy. Would I have gotten it without having that hardship? No. Um, Would I get it knowing what I know now? Yes. So even though I got it by luck, I got it. So, <laughs> and, um, so then I ended up, uh, working with him. He opened up my, uh, my business, obviously now interest rates went up. The, uh, things are changing. Investors are pulling back. A lot of people are pulling back. A lot of people are trying to see what's going on, which led me to expand my, uh, offerings and all that. So now not only am I doing real estate investments and getting investments into that, I have decided that I'm going to use my holding company to invest with other businesses. And my media company was my first one. So that's one of my holdings or one of my things. So media companies into the podcasting world, you know, advertising world, sponsorships, stuff like that. And uh, here I am looking at different investments, different acquisitions, and I'm kind of offering business consulting through that as well, right? So it's one of those things you can invest with me. You can get mortgages through me. You can uh, get real estate advice through me. Or you can help, you know, ask me through business advice and I can help you on a consulting level. So I kind of developed that whole circle with this uh, process. Okay. That sounds amazing, man. It's kind of like a a one-stop shop. You know, you can get this here or something else here. Um, So I guess let's kind of go back to your, um, you say your mortgage license, correct? You was trying to figure out if you needed to get it or not. So when... When you um got that, like, was it like difficult to get? Like, when you was not like, at all. Okay, not at all. The realtor's license was a uh, way more painful than the mortgage license. Um, okay. Now, here's irony for you: the realtor's license is painful to get, but it's not hard to operate once you get it. I got you. the mortgage license was uh, easy to get, but the process is harder. It's now when I talk to other mortgage brokers, they think they're advanced. Now I see the real estate platform and I see the mortgage platform and they're like 10 years behind. Mm. Now I might offend some mortgage people when I say that, but it's the truth. Like we have all a platform where everything's in front of us. Mortgages, they're still relying on emails. I got to look at emails to find deals. And it's like, really? Like we're like in 2023 and I still need email. It's not on a system. You know what I mean? But Hey, it is what it is. That's the system. That's what we follow. I'm not the only one. It's like that for everybody. Um, But it's a lot harder to follow. And it's, uh, takes a lot more work to stay organized in that industry. It's a lot of fun too. And there's uh so I'm not going to lie. There is a lot of fun to it. And there, and, and you do learn a lot each day. Okay. Okay. So like you, were you um like 
renting houses and selling or one of each or how was you doing that during that? Well, you're still doing it now, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. I still have my business, license. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm eight years in with my license. The only difference is before I was intending on helping other people help buy and sell their homes. And I'm not saying I, I won't now, but I'm developed a team for that. So my team does more of the running around for that. Um, I hold on to my license so I can see behind the systems and I can see stuff for acquisition and I can help uh, clients, uh, whether it's on the phone or whether whatever way they need help. So I'm still available and um, I keep my license really just to have access to the system. So this way I can see what I want to acquire and not acquire or when I dispose of properties. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So let's talk about like you building your team um, for your, for your company. So like, obviously you got employees and in, in, in all different areas of your business, but um, I guess, how can you, how did you find like maybe like the first couple of people to kind of get it rolling? I mean, obviously you couldn't just start a whole company by yourself needed to hire people as you was going along. So how did you end up finding those first couple of people that kind of helped your business to grow? Well, that's interesting, right? I didn't uh, exactly do traditional way of thinking, right? You won't find me advertising on LinkedIn. A lot of the people that I work with are people that I've worked with all along, whether they were competitors and I find a way to join forces. I find that collaboration is the best way of working. And if you have an opportunity for people to get involved through that collaboration and they share your vision, they want to be involved. I believe you hire slowly, fire quickly. I also believe in you hire eight players and let the rest go. Because when you have somebody that's negative, down, you know, downward you know, facing, they tend to bring everybody else down with them. And it's a lot harder to keep things uplifted than it is to, to uh, bring things down. So I think it's better off to make sure that that environment is always, you know, positive and outgoing. And I'm not saying people don't have bad days. Bad days are okay. There's nothing wrong with a bad day. And, um, but if a bad day is every day, we've got a problem. Yeah. So where I'm going with this is that it's generally people that I work with that I find a mutual connection to that I decide that I want to partner up with them or work with them in some form of capacity and that's usually when I present some form of offer or opportunity. Some accept, some do not. And uh, it doesn't matter because the ones that do not means that they don't share my vision and that's okay. They can go do their own vision. And the ones that accept, hey, let's build something big together. Okay. Okay. So you would say that um, you said you had several businesses and you held on, you held on to some of them and you sold some to other entrepreneurs. So what... I guess the decision process, um, what this, what, what was the decision process to, I guess, for you to decide, okay, I'm going to sell this business. I'm going to keep this one. Like, how did you make those choices and, you know, you coming along? Um, well, look, the first business I sold, uh, was, uh, my marketing business back in 2007. It was an eight figure a year business. And I sold that out of, uh, it was emotion in a way. Uh, it was part of my, you know, growth, you know, spurt in a sense, right? Like it's one of those learning processes. I didn't have the experience I have now. Um, I did well with it. Obviously, clearly eight figures a year is not exactly like I did bad. Right. Um, but it was at the point that I was so fed up and so angry all the time that I would rather tell the customer to F off than to help them. Right. And uh, I don't mean that uh, figuratively either. <laughs> and um, so I realized that when my best customer called to complain, and uh, I just assumed that it was another person trying to swindle. 
I decided that I was going to tell him off. And what ended up happening is my employees tapping me on the shoulder and I'm going, what the heck is going on? What do you want? Right? Like, and then I uh, goes, he's doing this. Right. So I knew something was wrong because he knew where I was going to go with the, with, with my questioning here. Mm-hmm. And, um, he said, he showed me something. I go, what is that? I go, that's his print. That's his flyer. I'm like, okay. And he goes, look at the Canadian flag. It was purple. Our flag is red and white. So that's how I knew right away. This was a real complaint. Mm-hmm. And that's when I thought, what's wrong with me? What happened to get me in this mode that I assume that anybody calling to say anything than at a boy means it's some sort of negative misery. And I realized the problem is me. So I had an opportunity where my suppliers uh, offered, made an offer, and I had to decide, do I want to accept it or not? Now, since I realized that and woke up and I said, at this rate, I'm going to tell my customers all where to go and I will have no customers. I go, maybe I'm just done with this. It was a good offer. It was more than I actually wanted. So I accepted the offer and that's how I exited. So a lot of times where I'm going with this is that deep down, we all have that gut feeling. We all have that know-how and that internal feeling. If you're waking up miserable doing what you're doing, that's your gut telling you that it's time to change. That's true. That's very true, man. A lot of people are are stuck in situations that where they feel like they can't get out of or they just feel like they're so used to that same routine. It's kind of scary for them to take the leap of faith and do what they really want to do. Um, but, you know, I always try to tell people, like, if if it's something you really want to do, man, let's try it. I mean, don't you don't got to jump right into it. Obviously, you want to be smart about it and don't want to, let's say, like, you got to, like, invest a lot of money into whatever you want to do. Um, you don't got to put your whole life savings into it. But, you know, let's take baby steps and trying to figure out how to get to that next level or where you want to get to. Um, so I definitely agree with you. Like if you at a spot, even if it's just, even if you don't want to be entrepreneur, you just at a job and your career, and maybe that's the place you're at. is not where you want to be. Um, you know, that's, just don't make yourself miserable. If you, if it's the way you, if there's a way you can change your situation, go ahead and take the steps to change that situation. Don't make yourself feel miserable and just be stuck in the place where you don't want to be at. So Absolutely. Like what I want to say is that, I mean, nobody's saying just jump off the ship and whatever happens, happens, you know, and I'm free. YOLO. That's (laughs) not my message. My message is that if you know you're unhappy and maybe you can't just jump ship today and maybe you have to find something else first, there's no reason you can't either find another job to make the switch, work part-time to see if you like an industry first, do your full-time that's paying your bills, work your part-time to see if you like it. Once you know that part-time is right, then you can do the swap and just drop whatever you don't like or try out an industry. If you like it and you say, hey, this is a great industry. I want to be in that business. Then you can start your business. Leave the part-time job. Start it as a business on your own. When you build up enough clientele that it matches your full-time income, then drop your full-time income and then build up your, your portfolio until it grows and grows and grows to where you need it to be. That's really the worst case scenario. Don't just jump off shit. Now, it's one of those things that if you're thinking of jumping off a building because of what you're doing, quit the damn job and do what you want to do. But very rarely is it that. Usually it's just you're miserable and you hate what you're doing. Take the process, do the research. What matters is that you start. 
It doesn't matter what you do. Just start, start slowly, start quickly, start whatever way that you can take the repercussions of whatever happens. Just start. Gotcha. For, yeah, for sure. Definitely agree with showing that one. So like, and then your businesses as well. I know you, you just talked about you um, making a decision to sell some of them. Um, when it comes to you, like having to close some of them, um, how, how did that make you feel? Like, did you, did you end up losing money or like, how did that really work for you? Like when it came to that? Well, look, I'll give you an example. The one that I, uh, after I sold my uh, marketing company, I mean, I made a fortune there, as you can tell. Mm -hmm. And even when I sold it for, I sold it, I got double than what I wanted. So, but, um, where my next venture was an online media. Like I tried to create the radio station through the internet instead of through the FM dial. That was my original thing. I had a, back then we didn't have iPhones. They were all Blackberries. I had a Blackberry app. Uh, you know, you can listen to it while you're in your car through Bluetooth. It was just like online radio. It was great. I loved it. That was a way for me to get into that, you know, radio venture that I wanted to when I was younger, but actually do it more than just DJing. Forget the records. I wanted to talk. And that was a way for me to get onto it and do it. And I even did the same services as radio. Like I provided on-site location. Um, I was a way to broadcast through the internet onto the uh, website, no matter where I was. I had the nightclub live to air is just the same. I had all the same thing that traditional radios have. Where it stopped was that when my parents got sick and at that point in time, I had to get everybody else to run it. I can take no part in it. I got too distracted. And what ended up happening is I went from very profitable to uh, a net loss. And if it was just for a year or two, I probably would have just taken the loss and moved on. But what ended up happening is because it was indefinite and I didn't know how long this was going to last. I could be out for two years. I could be out for four years. I could be out for 10 or 15 years. Uh, my mom had Alzheimer's and those things can take, you know, they can last up to 18 to 20 years. Now she went to a home and then my dad got sick after. And that's the time that I quit work, you know, decided that this business was trouble, like trouble for me, not that it was a bad business. It was uh, one of those things I couldn't do it. And then we took a 30K hit in one year. And I said, I don't know how long I'm out. I'm not going to take another hit for another year. So I uh, packed up shop and moved on. And that was uh, when I closed. That was one example. Now, it's a shame because I really loved what I was doing. Uh, at the other end now, that type of business was set up to be involved in events. I would have a different problem if I had it anyways. Comes 2020 when everything closed for COVID. All right that business would have been dead just the same. Mm. So sometimes life events can change that. So either way, it wasn't meant to be. I wasn't meant to be there. You move on. I don't, um, I, the way I say it is marry your idea. Don't marry the business because things could change and you can adapt. And as long as you're true to yourself, you'll find a way to adapt. So you're still in your, you know, happy zone for lack of better description. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be doing the same thing because things pivot, things changed. If I'm in the nightclub business, 2020, everything closes. Mark my words now, nightclubs are pretty much down the tubes compared to what it was before. It's not the same business. Few of them survived and the few that survived are still mediocre compared to what they used to be. So with that being said, what are most people doing? Those nightclub owners, are they just closing shop and crying the blues? No. Now they're creating what we call supper clubs. Right, we have restaurant and nightclub combined. That's a way of changing things up. Things progress, and you got to progress with it. You can't keep doing what you did 20 years ago and expect to make money today doing that same damn thing when technology has changed everything. You know, if I keep going around, the only thing I had was a BlackBerry app, I'd be out of business for the fact that there was no such thing as a BlackBerry phone. Mm -hmm. 
So that alone tells you you have to adapt and change. Doesn't mean you can't do what you love still. It's just the way you do it changes. So you got to change with it. And so I don't feel bad when businesses go. They all have their day. And if you adapt, you may have the same business, but what it's doing is different. And if you don't adapt, then you move on to the next thing. And that's okay too. It's right. really your own personal choice. Yeah, I like how you said that. I like how you said adapt, man. Um, I think one of the first examples of that people use when it comes to a business, a business not adapting this blockbuster. That's like one of the number one like examples of that because I think I I think the story goes, you know, I think Netflix went to them and they wanted them to um I guess buy what they was offering Netflix before. I think Netflix was just doing the CDs through the mail and they would mail you the the the, the DVD movies and um you know Blockbuster declined and that was a terrible mistake and now everything's streaming now and um yeah they kind of lost out on that and then you mentioned blackberry like you know i remember having a blackberry and everybody had a blackberry and yeah you know, the iphone came out of nowhere you know iphone was just known at that time for from what i remember was just the ipod you know everybody had an ipod but the iphone didn't come out yet so basically they just combined the ipod and made a phone out of it and here we are you know using iphones every day um so i guess i'm asking i want to ask you you know you said eight years since you had your you started your capital company, correct? It's been eight years. No, no, my capital company is brand new. Eight it's years with okay. a real estate license. Okay, I'm sorry. So, um, have you had a have you had to adapt with your business so far already, or it's kind of been like same thing you've been doing since you started? Oh no, absolutely. Look, when I started, my uh, first year, first of all, is nothing what people expect. Everybody thinks you get a realtor's license, you stick a sign in the lot, and you make fortunes. Go to Maui, sip margaritas, enjoy everybody's money because they're just handed it to you. It's not really like that. In fact, the first year, the majority of people don't even make one sale. Right. It's uh, and I was lucky. I made the first sale in three weeks. That's why I thought it was going to be easy. And uh, that happened to be my brother. I took that fact that it was related to me out of the equation. Right. And, um, <laughs> and and let's be honest, another thing I've learned is most relatives will not use you. So the fact that my brother used me was pretty uh, awesome. Yeah. And that was just something from observation and over time that I learned. But where I'm going with it is that your first year sucks. Your second year is still going to be pretty shitty. It's not till you get to your third year, do you start developing your database and start developing people that get to know you, like you and trust you. And then they start believing in you. And when they start believing you, that's when they start using you and it takes time and it's consistency and you have to have a plan. Now things adapt. I started off wanting the end user. Now let's take it fast forward because the biggest adaptation came through COVID. My business, I thought when we closed down, we were done, right? I thought, Oh, we're done for uh, whatever. I'm going to take the time off. Yada, 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 yada. Then I uh, started seeing things and things how we're going. And I decided to double down and I did the opposite. 2020 was probably in the top three years I've ever had. Um, and what I did is again, again, adapting. What did I learn to do? I learned the art of collaboration. And 70% of my business in 2020 was agent to agent referral. I did not have the end user. Up to then, 
I never even thought of agent to agent users or referrals. It was just always end user trying to find somebody who's trying to sell their home, trying to find somebody who's trying to buy a home, constantly talking to everybody out there, trying to build a database. I go to restaurants and talk to the waitress and hand them out a card. I find a way to get their number so I can follow up to see what they're looking for. And like, they're trying to serve me a meal and I'm trying to get their number and I'm not even hitting on them. I'm not even interested in the data. I'm trying to, trying to find out when they're going to buy a house. <laughs> right. And it's like polar opposite of what most people do. And I was just trying to get out there and get known. So at 2020, when I learned this agent to agent referral, that took me through 2020, 2021, 2022 hit the first six months. I could have spent it in Florida drinking uh, margaritas and nobody would have missed me. And obviously, you know, in March of 2022, that's when the interest rates started going up. But I died long before the interest rates started going up. So that agent to agent referral thing had died. And one of the reasons are when things are good and an agent that's referring you has 10 deals on the on the table and they can't handle 10 deals. And one of the deals is an area you're in and it's a 45 minute to an hour drive for them. They're going to say, I can't service three of these agents that are local. It's not worth driving an hour for one person. Forget it. I'll refer it to the guy. I'll take 25% split. I commit, you know, referral from that and I'll move on. At least I get something for it. When interest rates go up, and business goes down, now it becomes, uh-oh, I got a mortgage to pay. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Now that hour drive that they tell you they would never do, next thing you know, I'm in your neighborhood. What happens to you? What happened to I don't come out here? Oh, uh, well, you know, and that's the story. So now I have to figure out what do I do? That's when I decided to become investment focused. Now, investors, you don't need a lot of them because it's usually the same people over and over and over and over and over buying. But you got to build up your fan base. So that's when I started my posts about education. I started doing live Q&As where I can answer questions and answers over real estate, over the market and what's going on. Talking to people, what's happening with interest rates so they can feel confident or have some sort of educated decision on what they're going to do. Now, with doing that, I build up an investor profile. You build up an investor profile. Now, some investors are buying more and some are going out. Translation to me, business business pivoted who i was targeting 2023 comes up now i got to recycle a repeat business from the past my agent agent referral business is 10 percent is pretty much dead my now my business has come from 40 percent referral 40 percent repeat business 50 percent is those investors whether they're cashing out or buying in and that has been how I've pivoted with the real estate business. But that gave me the idea of hanging around so many investors. I'm thinking, why am I not doing this? And that's where the whole idea in, of Papaloni Capital came up. And then with that, it, as I told you in the beginning, I went through a whirlwind to figure out who the heck to talk to that figures, you know, that figured out how to set this stuff up because I had no idea. And I've learned a lot of stuff and I'm nowhere near complete. But at least I'm at a starting point. So, and now I know what I'm doing at least. So I know what direction to go versus going, can I do this? No. Can I do that? No. Can I do that? No. What the heck can I do? (laughs) That's where I started. (laughs) And now today, at least I have a direction. And again, now things are getting harder and harder and harder and harder. A lot of the affordability is the question. A lot of investors are pulling back. Again, it goes with what I said. I think we're in a recession again, and I don't think anybody's acknowledging it, but I think we've been in it for the last year. Mm -hmm. I just think it's, I don't think, I think we're going to get worse than where we are, but I don't think 
we're at the peak of the recession and I don't think it's so far away. I think we're getting to the top of where it's going to go. And then I think we're going to flatland for a bit and then it's going to curve or in this case, it's at the bottom and it's going to curve and go back up. Right. Now it's going to be a slow progress. I don't, I think that 2024 is going to be a hard year for a lot of people. And I think we're going to start seeing 2025 is the year of recovery. That is my crystal ball. And I could be wrong. I might be wrong. I, who knows? But that's my perception of what I see from the data that I've read. And where I'm going with this is because people are holding back with investments. I'm making my pivot again. And that's where the idea of not just doing real estate, but offering those private equity loans, getting investors in there, because some of them will do it. You still get some capital coming in. It's just more work to get it in. Building other businesses, such as my media business, which is in podcasting. Building that business, using my holding company as the capital, holding it and investing in my own venture there, as well as maybe acquiring other people, right? So that is the opportunity that I'm looking at now. So it's not so much that I stopped doing what I originally wanted to do, but I'm just pivoting it a bit, waiting the market out so people are confident again and want to go heavy into real estate again so then I can pivot over and, or expand and grow more. Hey, man, you brought that down. Very well, man. And um, I think what I got from that was, you know, just adapting, man. You got to adapt. And like like you said, things are things might be going well when you start. And that's how the market is. That's how that's how business is. You know, stuff changes like, you know, you might be getting it, you know, in the beginning and everything's going well. And then it, it be, it's a shift and you got to know how to adapt, how to get around it. So I just think that's one good piece of advice for all entrepreneurs, no matter what business you're in, just trying to learn how to adapt, how to maneuver through certain situations, because you don't want to get stuck. And then, you know, if you don't, if you don't make a change that can save your business or just to keep you afloat, it might be too late. Um, so I guess, how did you, I guess, find, how can I word this? Um, you know, when you made those changes and adjustments, like, how did that come to your mind? Just was it like your team collectively coming up with solutions? Like, hey, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do this to kind of get around this. Like, how did that work out for you during that time? Sometimes it can come in many different forms and shapes. And so in this case, it came to me as a hard reality. When you had people showing up to your office before the corporation, giving the story, I was working at some sort of uh, thing out there where I was, you know, doing a contract job. Right, you know, for, for someone. And uh, I was talking to people there and I was telling them about my idea about Papalonia Capital and how what I was going to do. The guy got so excited. He showed up the next day with a $100,000 check. Yeah. And the corporation wasn't even formed at the time. I'm like, nah, that's not the way it works. Oh, I'm excited. I want to be investors. Take my check when it's ready. I go, no, it goes through the lawyers. Right. It's like this. I'm trying to explain how it works. Oh, well, I'm paying interest on it. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I had 40,000 in the bank. I had 60,000 on my line of credit. I just wrote the check to get off my line of credit because I wanted to invest in this because it's a great idea. And here's where I'm going with it. Now, I didn't take the check at the time because A, that's not the way it works. And B, I didn't even have the corporation ready. So what am I taking a check for? Mm-hmm. So, but moral of the story is times changed. I figured it out. Corporation set up. Everything's ready to go. Go back to the guy. Yeah, times have changed. Things are a little tough. I'm going to hold back. So when you start seeing that becomes a common story, 
What do you do? Do you just shut your corporation saying, okay, interest rates are up. Nobody wants to invest. Close the corporation. That $3,000 setup is a waste of time. Spend another $3,000 to close it, plus another $2,000 to follow taxes. I lost $8,000. I'm going to go get a job. Game's over. You can do that. But what was the point? You had a dream. Maybe the way to get to your dream has changed, but the dream is still there. So at that point in time, that's one hard example of where you realize things are changed. The distribution of capital has changed because people's mortgages have gone up $1,000 a month. So that investment money they had, they no longer have. And it doesn't mean there aren't people out there that are still investing because there are, it's just shrunk. So where's the other opportunity? Well, I have my own investment opportunities. Maybe I start doing small business acquisition because it's lower money and I can help build that. And that'll get me through this tough time. And on the upswing, those investors will come back, right? So it's a way to keep my company alive, mm -hmm. keep my dream alive, and still work towards the finish line versus closing the doors. So sometimes it's forced. Sometimes you see something where just say your business is designing business cards. I'm going to give you a stupid example, but it's an example. Mm -hmm. But nobody wants business cards anymore because everybody's doing everything through the internet. So what do you do then? Just say, well, I'm going to keep forcing it and keep marketing it. And the more I market, the more people are going to buy. Or do you find out where the attention goes and start following the attention? Instead of sending business cards, printed business cards, do digital business cards. You're still in the business card business. It's not what you do, but how you do did it that changed. So you're still in the game. You're just doing it differently. Awesome. Definitely agree with you on that. Because overall, this adapting is very important when you have a business. Um, so winding down the last four minutes, man. Um, like I said, I want to say, like, I appreciate you just, you know, sharing some of your knowledge on, you know, this business overall. And, um, I hope my listeners definitely got some things from it and, um, I'm pretty sure they did. And this is like one question I want to ask you before we get out of here that I asked all of my guests, um, how do you plan to capture the world? And you can relate it to what you're doing now or what you want to do. Really one day at a time, right? Every time you're ready to uh, give up, I'm going to use a quote from a, uh, from a very popular person, Ed Milet, and it's about his new book. He says, one more day. So every time I said, I'm done, I don't want to do anymore, I'm going to give it one more day. If I go to the gym and I lift weights and I want to do 10, I did 10, I'm going to do just one more. And the more you do one more, one more, one more, you get the compounding effect because all you have to do is improve 1% per day. You've improved 365% a year. And if you miss days, even if you do half of it, it's still 180% better than you were a year ago. So little by little, as you build, you use the compounding effect. You do intentional moves. You always be intentional and you always focus and do things one day at a time. Sooner or later, you'll find that opportunity. And when you see the opportunity, jump on it. Love it. Love it, man. Um, so yeah, man, that was it. And, um, you know, to all my listeners, I appreciate y'all still listening to us. Um, Mr. John Papaloni, thank you again for, like I said before, just sharing all your knowledge on what you got going on with your businesses, real estate and everything, man. I wish you, I, could, I wish you continuous success. Um, keep grinding, you. you know, you motivated me. I don't even do real estate. Like, I just like your passion <laughs> for what you do really. And, um, you know, more people, you know, if you just keep that same energy and just keep going and like I said, one day at a time, every, every day is going to be different, man. You know, you might have some bad days, 
Um, you're gonna have some good days, but try to make it through the bad days because you know it's not gonna always be bad day every day. You know, it's exactly. gonna happen, but let's know the next day might be better. So just use that. Um, I'm gonna continue to use that in my in my mind. I, I still do, but you know, to so all my listeners out there, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, don't give up in your um entrepreneurial journey. You know what I'm saying? It's not easy one day at a time, like we like we said. And um, so yeah, I'm gonna leave on that note. I wanna say Shout out to all of our Spotify listeners, Apple Podcast listeners, YouTube listeners. This is another episode of the Caption World Podcast. Mr. John Papaloni, thank you again. And we'll see you on the next episode. Have a good one. Peace.